All right, everybody, welcome back to the Garden Statement. We are here. It is myself, uh, Donald Wagonblast. Hi. You said welcome back, and at first I was concerned, but then I realized like we were a thing before. Yeah. And so this is actually a welcome back. This is our first kind of official show in probably three years three years we ended 2015 no it's been no, two we years ended 2016 yeah i was in college so that's maddie Wallette, that is maddie Wallette, as who's with us as well it's nice to be back with you guys yeah it this is it's very fun. nice it's a little weird <laughs> we're not in a radio studio this time we're, we're hanging we're, out in my basement yeah we're in a basement but no yeah this we were uh we were a radio show at the at wtsr the Radio station of the College of New Jersey, our home away from home collectively, and uh, yeah, we we all kind of took separate paths for a little while. Stayed in touch, obviously, we're best buds, but uh, yeah, everybody kind of was at a point where we felt like we could do this again. Everybody had the itch, and uh, yeah, we thought we were done forever in May of 2016, and here we are in May of a 2018. Over two years later, yeah, and uh, realizing that uh, we're not done. Old habits die hard, man. Yes. It's not a phase, mom. I think it's our collective just like mindset and conscious for consciousness for music. We all text each other on like at least a weekly basis saying something oh, like yeah. ridiculous about an old album, new album, and we wanted a place to kind of put all those thoughts into into words and all together. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, like this is why the podcast medium is so interesting. It's because you know, you're just basically having a conversation about like the best emo bands, metalcore, pop punk, whatever we decide to do that particular week. And it's a great way for others, those of you who are listening to kind of get into the conversation and, and debate us on Twitter about it. And hopefully, you know, everybody keeps it super civil. Please but, uh, at me. In Fight the meantime, me. Yeah, you can add us uh, as often as you want. We're still going to be the people who are correct. And, uh, you're just <laughs> going to have to live yeah. with that. I'm you not know? here to argue. We're the ones that have a podcast, so yeah. it's fine. We're fine. Yes. Yeah, so, uh. Yeah, let's talk format, Thomas. Format. Yeah. All right. Not the first. Nate Not Ruse the band, band, right? Okay. No. <laughs> cool. So we've decided that, um, you know, as just a whole, we're gonna go through a band every week that we really like and kind of go through the evolution of their, you know, history as a band as well as their discography, kind of the evolution of their music as well. Um, we thought it was really fitting this week to kind of talk about the Wonder Years. Actually, all three of us were at their show last Saturday, yeah. in the at the PlayStation Theater in Times Square. And it was really good. Yeah. Um, Great first, review, Tom. First of all, <laughs> it was lo- good. Yeah. First of all, I love the PlayStation Theater. I, I loved first it time. I loved it back when it was the Best Buy Theater. Uh, it's, oh, really? It's changed I, hands. I can't stand it. And really? Oh. I anything that forces me forces me to go into Times Square. Super convenient okay. when you're to commute into the city and to go there. But as somebody that used to work in the city, and then you had to tell me I had to go from to Times Square I'd be like are, are we kidding right, boy did I complain on the way walking to the theater <laughs> that is absolutely fair and Thomas like your complaining was basically my fault because I was like oh it's like three blocks from Penn Station it's gonna be like a super quick <laughs> yeah. walk it's like 13 blocks from Penn Station he's like I felt like it was closer than this he just kept saying that <laughs> I literally like I took out my phone and I was like I gotta figure out where this place is because I really don't know if we're going the right way and then all I of a sudden I was yeah. like oh my god we're finally here um, but, uh, but no I mean despite the trials and tribulations and the Taurus, uh, I felt like it was a, it was a really great show. Um, Warriors is a really cool band. We Thomas and I saw them open for the Menzingers. That's right. They have a really cool sound and uh, Survival Pop. I think is a great album title. Uh, just as a quick aside, I think Tiny Moving Parts. They're not my thing, and I don't think they've ever been my thing. Mm, but me either. 
you can they can not be your thing and you can still see how talented they are as a Dylan band. is also the frontman is such a fun person to watch play music. Yes. He is. He does have a lot of fun. He, they played at the Rat at TCNJ when we were there. I yeah, think probably we went like our sophomore or junior, junior year. and then we took him back and did the in studio. Yeah, that's which right. Which is still on WTSR Underground plug for plug. something we're not affiliated <laughs> with plug. anymore Shameless but shameless plug it's i don't fine. think you're ever gonna be unaffiliated not affiliated with, with wtsr underground maybe. that's like so i'm like that's your first your baby yeah i'm like th- still i'm two years out of college and yeah. two steps away from tattooing it on my forehead yeah. so whatever so, no big deal uh, <laughs> well um, now tiger's jaw was the direct support yeah. for the wonder years and yeah. now they're a band that i had never honestly really listened to before and I know you were a huge fan of their new album, Don. I love Spin. Uh, I liked Charmer. That was like the first album where I really like gave Tiger's Jaw their fair shot. They were always that band that all the other bands I liked toured with. Yeah. But I never really got around to them. And then Charmer came out. I liked a lot of the songs on Charmer. And it just, but beyond, I think it was released in 2015, 2016, something like that. And But beyond that, it just didn't really do anything for me. And then... Spin came out last year uh, in 2017, and it, it blew me away. And uh, I've been bumping it. It's probably one of the albums I've listened to the most this year. And to hear the songs, um, particularly Window, they had a live mix of it that is just and just takes that song to the next level. And uh, so it was really great to see them. It was the first time I've saw I've seen them as well. Um, I will be back for more, absolutely, because they were absolutely miraculous i showed up before the headliner so sorry <laughs> no big deal whoops uh fashionably late but yeah there was a great introduction to a band like tiger's jaw because yeah. they showed how musically talented they were but i loved the sound and just the content of their songs yeah so i'm gonna have to revisit them and i'm gonna definitely give that new album a spin yeah i feel like every five every like other song that was like a song that like no one in their right mind would mosh to yeah but like the kids were so amped for the wonder years that they had to Teenagers. get it out in some way and so, like, they were moshing to, like, Hum, and they were moshing <laughs> to June. Oh, that's and it was so just, awkward. I was just like, I don't think you should be doing that, but, I, like, I'm back here far away from it, and you're up there, so, like, go do you. But, you know. To get into the, the, the Wonder Years set, yeah. I mean, it was, I thought it was an awesome balance of their older stuff, paying tribute to the people who have been there with them since the beginning, and really just showing showcasing the new album that they have um now i know maddie and i had very similar opinions on the album when we first listened to it and i would love to hear what our thoughts are after listening to it again today but i gave the album another listen after i saw it live and songs that i didn't like the first time i went back and i love them like raining in kyoto i really like i actually like now Probably and the worst song in their entire discography. Pyramid? No. <laughs> There's a it's, song called Summers in PA. Oh, it's getting hot already. Summers in PA is he trash. He's singing, it's just like, and then I found a paper crane in my pocket, and you're like, no. It's not worse than no. Summers in PA. I mean, like, this is the this is the line that I think the Wonder Years have kind of started to draw. It started a little bit with, uh, with Suburbia. Like, the thing that I think about the Wonder Years is they are trying so hard to be the band that they already are. Yeah. Like they want to be the band that that their generation is looked on and they already are. Like, they want to be the no Bruce Springsteen of pop punk. The, so no one else badly. that came up with the Wonder Years is still around. Lost for Words is done. Transit's done. Fireworks is done. Yeah. Man Overboard is done. Balance and Composure regrettably are done. Like there and Polar Bear Club is done. Like it's just the Wonder Years in the story so far and still still from that era. 
And, like, and if we're talking about, like, growth, too, it's like the story so far isn't really in the same realm. No. They, not they, even no. close. No, not even close. No. And so, which is fine. Like, I like I will listen yeah, to the story so far still. But there's the story a place for the so far, just like there's a place for a day to remember. But there's also, they just aren't at that same level. No. But the, the issue that I had with this album, which is an issue I think I have with all of the albums, um... But the other albums came at different parts in my life and yeah. di- with different tastes. Is that the Wonder Years about as as subtle as like a punch in the face? <laughs> so yes. when yes. when That's you start fair. when you start off with Raining Kyoto, I was like, here we go again. Yep. Like, so yeah. I think the flaw, that, the biggest flaw I found with that album for me listening to it today was that starting with Raining Kyoto and that set my t- like the tone in my head for how this whole thing was going to go. So when I listened to it. Uh, upon the first couple lessons, I was like, this thing is corny. Uh, it's another album about, like, being sad that you're touring and away from home after you just had three albums about how you need to get out of this town and now you're out and you're still sad, like, now three albums later. Home. And, like, we've already had three, uh, two other albums about you being sad, so it's if it's making you that sad, stop touring. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but per Thomas's recommendation, I started at song two, uh, yes. Pyramids of Salt. Which, to me... Banger. That's going to be a top five all-time Banger. Wonder Years song so, when it's all said and done. So, and at this point, too, I'm so over it because Raining Kyoto pops up in all of my Spotify daily mixes. Yeah, it doesn't pop up in mine, right? either. I've you been just tr- hit the skip button and it's And then it comes out. back the next day. Oh, it's sad. like, it, it, Very it sad. won't leave me. But so, so... It's like my acne. <laughs> but so starting, taking in that album as a whole, starting with Pyramids of Salt, was a game changer. Yeah. I would say I thought the album was very strong from there on out, not having the bad taste of Raining Kyoto in my mouth, less the last two songs. I don't even know what they're called, but I didn't like the them. Orange the Trees. Orange Grove orange, and the Ocean yeah, Grew Hands whatever. to Hold Me. Um, I thought they were boring uh, and I turned them off. The, or- the Ocean Grew Hands to Hold Me is very boring because they um, close yeah, with that and I was like, forever what is going on? To get going. Yeah, and so, that's, I think, part of the problem. But yeah, I mean... It like, do- it's not as good as their other closing tracks. Like, if we well, go through their yeah, albums I mean, and, like, Think about the closing tracks that they've had. It is by far the weakest and worst closing track. I think it's also difficult from from a perspective of really, really liking No Closer to Heaven and The Greatest Generation. And so I was, so I kind of had this expectation of this band that they're growing with me and I, like, they're a band that I can identify with because they're. Not necessarily, there's kind of sticking to the same theme, but kind of going along their own journey upon it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I had, I think one, I had very high expectations that were immediately shut down by with uh, raining in Kyoto. And I was like, done. But two, um, The Greatest Generation and No Closer to Heaven are such strong albums. Yeah. That they're kind of at the point in their career where it's getting super, super hard to top themselves. I mean, you're probably... I think that's the Wonder Years... The Wonder Years' biggest problem right now is The Greatest Generation being the album of that era. As good as it is, it is so... They're lucky that that wasn't, like, a situation where there's been so many bands in the past who have come out with an album like that as their first album and haven't been able to top it. I mean, so, obviously, they had three albums before that, one of which is... Just we don't talk about. Get stoked on it. No one. Yeah, no, no one. I don't even. Yeah, it doesn't address it. So they had two albums before that. Um, it, it's a, it's a shame like they came up with a, such a great band name like the Wonder Years 
when they release get stoked on it because if they I feel like if they didn't have a cool name like the Wonder Years, they probably would have changed names and we wouldn't even think about get stoked on it at all. Yeah. And you wouldn't have those like I don't want to call them dorks and I, I'm using dorks as like an endearing thing, <laughs> but like we wouldn't have those dorks that are yelling out like get stoked on it song titles right. for requests and and like somebody know, listen, did it on like, Saturday. I was like yeah. my guy. If I, some people like that, so, album, yeah, that's some great, people but, like, gotta nobody, like it. Nobody, nobody needs to hear that like right after you hear screen door but but it's it's amazing that they got to the point in their career they evolved musically so much came out with the greatest generation and i think what they tried to do with no closer to heaven and to a point i think they were successful was to continue that kind of like evolution tour more like a a different like trying to maybe get away from that true like pop punk sound yeah because the greatest generation is a great rock album yeah. It's not just a pop punk yeah. album. Suburbia is a great pop punk album. Upside's a phenomenal. Upside's a pop punk, punk album. album, exactly. But Generation is yeah. a great rock album. It crosses over like Black Parade crossed over from emo into like mainstream rock, and like it's listenable by everybody. It's very yeah. digestible. I think the Greatest Generation, like I think that was kind of when they realized, like, okay, we were a pop punk band. They their Twitter handle was TWY Pop Punk for however long it was, and I just feel like they hit a point when they were recording the Greatest Generation. Where we were like, we can't sound like this anymore. Like, we can't keep trying to do this and continue, you know, being a band. Like, it's, it's just not going to work out. And so they started to branch out a little bit. You saw it a little bit with Greatest Generation. I think No Closer to Heaven, instead of, like, towing into the pool, I think they just jumped in. Yeah. And in some cases, it produced some of their best songs. Cigarettes and Saints, uh, I Don't Like Who I Was Then, Cardinals. Cardinals. Um, and and the, even the song with Jason Butler from Let Live... Um, Stained Glass Ceilings yep. was just such a big step out for them. And a lot of it paid off. And I think they just were like, okay, like this is who we are now. And I really like Sister Studies. I liked it. I'm, I'm very different from you guys. I loved it on my first listen. And so it was interesting. But it was interesting to hear the side of it because I think a lot of people have kind of just been like, okay, there's a new Wonder Years album out. I love it. Right. And that's, that's all that there is to it. And so like to hear it from you guys, like you're right. Like I think... For most of their career, like you've said, they're as subtle as a, as a punch to the face or however you said it. They just, they want to be the greatest so badly that they don't even realize that they already were. Yeah. yeah. You know, like they have those, they had those kids. It was, I don't even know. I think PlayStation Theater is like 2,500 cap or something like something that. Something around there. They had every single one of those people in the palm of their hand from the time they walked out on stage. And what was interesting too about that show was the that they still have that age range yeah so they had still the kids that were maybe their first concert or like still in high school as well as people probably well into their 30s that were clearly annoyed to be there (laughs) with kids in high school but that were sitting in the back and so they have this ability and i think probably from the, we'll, we'll say the last three albums, including this most recent one, of being able to keep their current fan base um, engaged yeah. while still being able to build on what these 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds are looking for. Yeah. What I think is amazing is I was at work today and I was talking to a couple people about the Wonder Years, actually, and we were, it was one person who I know listens to, like, totally different music than them and she was like i love the wonder years and then one guy who loves pop punk he's like i love the wonder years so it's like they can really appeal to those different audiences like you said those last three albums of theirs they're not just for people who love pop punk music no and and that's what i think is so amazing about them 
and that crowd their crowds are always amazing i mean we saw them at skate and surf back in 2015 and they were so good we saw them at the electric factory hometown show in philly the year before that uh touring behind the greatest generation and that was the first time i think they headlined electric yep it was so that was like a big that was a big moment for them and that tour we were talking about this on saturday this is kind of a a detour but that tour was amazing it was yeah um citizen Citizen, modern baseball real Real friends and fireworks and fireworks yeah r.i.p fireworks too So, um, and that, I think, in my opinion, I mean, Transit was there, but I think Fireworks musically was probably the band that was closest to the Wonder Years. Yeah, and, they, and I mean, you, you can even listen to Soupy Campbell in interviews. He will sing the praises of Fireworks. Like, he always said, he's like, as good as you think we are, Fireworks is better. And that was one and of those bands. Cool too, because, like, they, like, that's another thing, too. Like, there's so much that's cool about the Wonder Years that has absolutely nothing to do with what they record and release. Like, they definitely, like, cared about the bands that they bring on tour. Like, they try to be as inclusive as possible, which you can tell that just not a lot of other bands do. Yeah. Like, I'm, I was looking at the, a day to remember, like, most recent tours, and, like, you can't find one one female member in any of the bands. Like, it's, no. just, it's just, like, weird that, like, we're still at this point where, like, we're just not thinking about this from that perspective. Yeah. And, but the Wonder Years kind of seem like, to me, like, they definitely started. Maybe they didn't start off like that, but they certainly have picked that up recently. Um, they their pre-order, like I have the photo book for Sister Cities. It's like a hundred and sixty pages of oh, photographs really? and stuff. It is a work of art, and like when you care that much about what you do, there's no way that other people aren't going to be able to connect with it. And I think that they get that aspect way better than a lot of other bands out there. They just understand that this is like they want to create a community. For their fans not just create an album and that's how they stick in people's heads and i think too on that note is that that's something that you don't usually see from bands at this level in the rock genre yeah so you when you think of maybe i'm gonna just like pull like taylor swift that she has you know artwork t-shirt posters multiple like she has everything around her release but that's because like people care enough because she can pay for it can, yeah she can pay right. people to do it for her and it's also a branding marketing spin yeah so when and when it trickles down there's other artists that do really cool things but you don't see that so much as far as a 160 page photo book um the only one i can think about doing that is consistently trying to do things like that is law dispute but when also when you think of law dispute two completely separate kind of entities and that law dispute really i think harps more on the fact of what they're doing is an art form. And Artistic, sure, yeah. Yeah, and that there's yeah. art pieces and they're so meticulous that they don't put out albums every year. So I think it's very interesting to see the Wonder Years being able to do that on the level that they put out albums. Right. At, Their cycles are like more normal. Right, They and at the level of band that they're at to say like we might have to invest like money or the album cares enough or thinks it's going to mean enough to fans to do it. So I yeah. think it's a testament to, again, their fan base that like in their heads, one, that they have the opportunity to do it, but two, that they take the time to make sure it's so meticulously crafted yeah. that it's something that gives that gives value. Mm-hmm. When The Greatest Generation came out, it was before I was collecting vinyl, so I bought the album on iTunes, 
and I actually got like the digital album booklet that came along with the greatest generation. Oh wow. And it, it was the same thing. Like just unbelievably intricate, so artistic, you can tell how much time went into yeah. what they did. And that to me is always so impressive, like you said, with a band like that. Especially on the surface who people will write off as just a pop punk band. And yeah. I just I, I I challenge people to to look below the surface. Yeah, because I mean like but you could also like go back and be like, you know, their pop punk albums like we have already, we've been talking, I think, for like 20, 25 minutes about this. We have already undersold Suburbia and the Upsides oh, so I, much. I love are, Suburbia. Like, Don't get me wrong. Summer's coming. Like, Summer. You're going to throw on Logan Circle. <laughs> you're going to throw on Melrose Diner. You're going to throw on... Um, Oh my gosh! Like you're gonna well, throw on "Don't Let Me Cave In." You're gonna throw on "Local Man." Coffee eyes. Swing. Like, all that. Like all those songs are so, so good. And like I remember the first time I ever saw them, I knew nothing about them. I was seeing. Um, I was I was at a four year strong show at the Starlight Ballroom in Philly, and the Warner Years came on. I knew nothing about them. Didn't know they were from Philadelphia. Didn't know that they had an album come out, and I was fearing for my life <laughs> yeah, that because i was right. close to the stage and, and in like, philly i was like this is a problem for me <laughs> i was like i don't think i was like i don't feel so great so on that note though so i think we can agree that especially suburbia is just bangers it's a yeah. it's a masterpiece yeah, I mean, but when those songs come on and so this is kind of what i was thinking when i was at the show and again for whatever reason my daily mix puts came out swinging every single day into it which um, by the way they played two songs from suburbia mm-hmm. in that set where we saw them and I still feel like that was one or two too few. Yeah, I mean, you could have you could have played Don't Let Me Cave In. You could have played Local Man. Yeah. But um, do you guys, so aside from them being songs that you sing with the windows down in your car, do you guys still identify with that? I certainly identify with the moment in time in my life where, like, I was, like, feeling like this album was, like, emblematic of what I'm going through in my life. For sure. Um, I don't go back to it as much as I used to. Me either. I go back to The Greatest Generation basically in full. Right. And I go back to a lot more songs. I I go back to songs on No Closer to Heaven more than I go back to probably The Upsides. But, like, you know, like, sometimes you just feel like a jaded teenager and you want (laughs) to swing your fists around your bedroom and so you throw on Melrose Diner and wonder why your ex-girlfriend left you. So, like, like... Everything has their place in their discography for me, but like I will admit that like those albums, while they were billed as instant classics, like they haven't stuck with me quite in the way that I thought it would. But I also think that that's because this band continues to push themselves and they continue to redefine what a, what a Wonder Years album is. And so because of that, I I tend to find myself connecting more with their newer material because I feel like I am kind of growing with this band, and I'm kind of not that I'm going through the same things, but. I at least feel like I feel like thematically like so it it just lends itself to like growing older like they are too and the reason I asked is because so came out swinging came out on my drive home from work today and so the line came up you know like stale beer and sweat and my (laughs) reaction now at this is how you know I'm getting old was (laughs) and I was like I don't miss that I don't and like South Philly basements don't miss those either like and then no. I kind of like got the reminiscence of like the smells, and I'm like, I'm good, never going back there. <laughs> like that was that was. I think gross. it was awesome. Well, <laughs> in the first Unitarian Church when you're when you hit like twenty. But even then, I like five pretty much. Like you're like okay, like I don't need to. The do this anymore. I think it was awesome to see it live on Saturday because obviously yeah. like the crowd just gets so into it, and it's just one of their like quintessential songs that everybody like sings along to, and everybody goes crazy they for. It early. Yeah, they yeah. played it like three or four yeah like first six songs 
And I, I agree, though. Like, I, for a while, I would go back to Suburbia, like, once or twice a month and listen to it in full. And honestly, the song that I go back to the most off of that album is the closing track now. Um, okay. And now I'm nothing. And Mine's hoodie weather. Yeah, I go, I go to Coffee Eyes sometimes, but I listened to Local Man the other day, and I was like... I really just don't feel this yeah. song anymore. <laughs> like, it's yeah. good. It's really good. It's great. Yeah. But it's, I listen to it, and I'm not as angry as I used to be. <laughs> so I don't get as fired up when I listen you to it. You know what? It. I really like Woke Up Older. Woke Up Older, yeah. I like a lot. Yeah. That was always one it's of like my the favorites. That's we haven't mentioned, yeah. I feel like. Um, but, like, yeah, I just feel like those albums, like, the first three, in like, for sure, like, The Wonder Years releasing an album really feels like it's a big, seminal moment. And it started with the upsides because, like, the upsides ends with all my friends are in bar bands. And you've got the singers from, and I'm probably even going to miss a couple, Valencia, Title Fight, Man Overboard, A Lost for Words, and Fireworks, all contributing to the vocals at the end of that song. Like, it just felt like everybody was, like, trying to make sure that the Wonder Years got to where they were destined to be. And I think that they've hit that point. Like, I think that they've gotten there. And so, like, I do go back to those albums. I look back on them very fondly. I just don't listen to them as much as I used to. And maybe it was because I ran them into the ground when they came out. Yeah, I was trying to pinpoint exactly why, when I was listening to them, like, what it was. And I think it's just, I think what The Wonder Years does very well, and I would think that we've talked so much about them growing, is that their albums are very good at almost being time capsules Yeah. of the moment of time that you were at. And so The Greatest Generation, for me, has stuck with me since it came out to now, but also when thinking back to suburbia, well, so did that for several years. Yeah, and right. so when I think, for, especially for us, where it's like we all met while we were in college and now we're young professionals trying to get our lives in order or something like that. Attempting. A, yeah. yeah, like fumbling Attempting around to with it. to apply to both of those words. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because of that, it's almost like, so it makes me think about the next step in our lives is maybe that's when Sister Cities is going to come into play. Yeah. And I think that's why maybe Craig identifies it with it more because Craig yeah. moved away. Right. So Craig for, is mainly our yeah. fourth co-host. He will be here um, sporadically at times and then hopefully we'll get him in here. Maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, he's going to South Africa. People, yeah. so, people forget I about said that. sporadically. <laughs> yeah, but so Craig was part of the Garden Statement and he now is in St. Louis going to law yeah. school. So I think that's why maybe, and Craig also, not to speak for him, but yeah. just to paraphrase, really liked this album. He did. And um, is like probably the biggest Wonder Years fan I know. Out of the four of us, Definitely. easily. Yes. Yeah. But so I think that also contributes because he was the one to kind of pick up everything and leave yeah. to go to law school yeah. and like and really like chase dreams. Yeah. yeah. So. I still live in my mom's basement. <laughs> We're there right now. We're there right oh, now. too much. We can probably cut this in here. Just please. <laughs> I just want somebody to love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bieber. Um, but yeah, like, there's so much you, that you could say because, like, like especially like the fact that the 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 meat of their discography like came out when we were in college or like the, their rise happened while I was in college. Like, Greatest Generation came out my senior year. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. and like I think that's p- part of why I still go back to like Screen Door because once you hit like once you graduate college. Like, there's always that little tick in the back of your head that, like, you're competing with everyone your age to check off, like, items on a checklist. Like, who's going to get married? Who's going to have kids? Who's going to move out? Who's going to get their dream job? Who's going to travel to Europe? Who's going to, you know, fight for legalized marijuana? Or whatever. <laughs> yes. And, and, like, 
and you just kind of start to feel like like you see all this stuff and and you're you're all over social media and everybody's like doing all these things that you're not and you're just like what am i doing with my life and then all of a sudden jesus christ i'm 26 all the people i graduated with all have kids all have wives all have people who care if they come home at night and like that was i think to me that was the biggest moment of the show yeah. was that that breakdown or that bridge or whatever you want to call it in, in screen door and like that's what you need to do as a band you need to have a point where people are like this song is literally how I feel if you're able to capture that like the Wonder Years have for so many years in so many different ways you're gonna stick around and I hope right. I like I hope we get 10 more Wonder Years albums and that's I you know even if I don't like some of them like I'm good because they're, they seem like they're really good people. They seem like they got their heads on their shoulders. And they seem like they want to do this for the right reasons. So we need bands like that. Right. And I think you know, that's get what's... Get Falling in Reverse out of here. <laughs> like, throw all your Attila merch in a pile and let me start the fire. But let's keep the Wonder Years. But I think that's what's special about it is that the what came out swinging was for me at, let's say, 18. Right. Is what passing through a screen door is for me at 23. 24, yeah, exactly. I'm and with you. Where it was the same thing, where I was watching it, and the entire show, I was like, this is good, this is fun, and then that song came on, and I was like, stop everything. Whoa. And that line came through, and then I, like, I was like, nearly like over the balcony yeah, yeah the i think the the line on that song for me and we i just want to say my piece about the song because for some reason in the last couple of weeks it's just been a song that i've gone back to a lot and obviously we saw them and it was just incredible that song was incredible live the the one line and i think it's the song itself is really good for two factors because a the instrumentals just are awesome like it's just like one it of those perfectly it, suits the mood of the song. yeah exactly and then but the lyrics also back up like what they're doing instrumentally they have yeah. just they carry just as much weight and it's the one of the it's like one of the first it's in the first verse and he's talking about how uh he's an escape artist son son drinks paving in his blood yeah the first thing that he does when he walk in walks in is find a way out for when shit gets bad yeah that is like yeah I, just, like, thinking, like, saying yeah. the line out loud makes me kind of, like, get the chills. because, yeah, like, everybody's been to that party that they don't want to be at. And, and you're just like, I don't really know a lot of people here. Like, I'm going to find my friends and I'm going to find my way out, like, when, yeah, for when it gets bad. And sometimes, you know I mean? and and sometimes it's, just... it's a party and sometimes it's life and sometimes yeah. it's a relationship and sometimes it's a job. You walk in and you're like, I feel like this is going to go bad and I'm already yeah. looking for my way out. Yeah, you just, you walk in, something happens, you're just like, nope. Nope, I gotta get out Hard of here. Hard no to that one. Right now, let's, and, let's figure this out. Let's and figure out the escape plan. I think they That's know... <laughs> I think they know how big of that song has an, of an impact has on their fans. Yeah. And they use it as the second closer to what I think is, like, one of the most... I think it could be the most impactful song in their entire discography, Cigarettes and Saints. I mean, yeah, I mean... It's tough yeah, to it's argue tough. against yeah. that. Yeah. Because that one's like it's it, you can just tell it's so deeply personal. Personal. Like, that's like one hundred percent based on real events, real people. That uh, Dan Campbell, the band's lead, lead lyricist, he's soupy. I don't know why I tried to say his full name. <laughs> Daniel but, um, Campbell. But like also just like you, like that music video even was just like you just see how much this band cares. Like all of a sudden. Matt Brash is playing drums. They got two drum sets going at the same time. Soupy has Matt Brash's guitar in his hand. Like, this is a band that will, like, literally try anything if it means they get the message across that they want to get across. And so, I, I keep going back to it, but, like, that's the kind of bands that we need to keep, you know, the emo, pop punk, whatever you want to call it, scene. That's what we need to keep it going. That's what we need to keep it strong. 
and that's what those are the times type of bands that we need up uh, as the headliner of a tour like that. And another note on that song, Cigarettes and Saints, is I don't know if you guys experienced this, but the first time that I listened to that song, when I first had my first listen to um, No Closer to Heaven back when it came out, I had such a visceral, emotional reaction to it. Yeah. It was just so hard for me to go back and listen to. Yeah. Because it's one of those songs that, like you said, is so deeply personal that you feel it too. Yeah. Like it makes you think about it makes you want to take on Big Pharma. <laughs> you know, like that, because that's what the song's about. Right. It's like, you know, how one of his friends are, that's what I think. I don't know that. I'm not in the band. No. But, like, it seems like one of his friends got hooked on the wrong kind of painkillers and ended up dying and, because of it. And that's, like, you know, like, that's, you hit a point in your life where, like, you know, people start dying unexpectedly. And you're like, well, what do I do with how I'm feeling? Well, what do you do? You throw on cigarettes and saints yeah. because that's just going to help you get out the sads. And and that goes back to our point of how mature of a song that is. Yeah. That must have been so hard and difficult yeah. of a song for him to be able to write, put into words, put music to, and perform on a night-to-night basis. Yeah. But the catharsis that he must feel from that and the catharsis yeah. that the fans feel singing it and being of in course, the crowd is course. incredible. I would think with that entire album, too, because even the album opens up with Cardinals, which, like, a hole in, a hole in my chest, I'm just like, yeah, me yeah. too, geez, and I need Same. to write it. Yeah, yeah, like, I am just let singing, anyone down, ever. Yeah, again. I'm just singing in my car, but, like, okay. But, so, I think that that was just, like, a punch in the gut, and then it just followed for that entire yeah. album. And that's kind of the pattern that they went with for the rollout of Sister Cities. Like, you had Sister Cities, which, you know, good song, maybe not one of their best, but certainly, like, you hear that and you're like, yeah, that's like a classic Wonder Years track. And then they came out with Pyramids of Salt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same, I, I kind of draw the same parallel with um, No Closer to Heaven. Like, they rolled out Cardinals, deep song, but, but very a much a Wonder Years sounding right. song. And then Cigarettes and Saints was completely different. Like, there's no chorus in Cigarettes and Saints. Like, it's just yeah. a song that just goes. And Pyramids of Salt, like, the opening riff, it was like, I was like, is this a Death Cab for Cutie song? <laughs> like, I couldn't believe, like, what I was hearing. And so, it's interesting that they've, for the last two albums, they've kind of tried to do that. Like, hey, we're going to stay true to who we are, but we also feel like we need to branch out, and we think this is pretty cool, so you guys should check this out, too. And I think that's such a daring thing to do, especially with, you know, the stakes being what they are, and record sales are terrible and it's all about whether or not like I'm going to put you on my summer playlist on Spotify more than it's about am I going to like I went and bought like, that CD like download yeah. the single on yeah. iTunes you know what I mean and um and like but it's also about getting people to shows and that's the one thing that I definitely wanted to make sure I said is like the Wonder Years like to fully understand the Wonder Years you need to see them live. Yep. You need yeah. to see Absolutely. Like, what they put into it and they have a great light guy named Dave Summers. He also did the lights for um he also did the lights for Tiger's Jaw on the last tour. He's been their light guy for like the last 3 or 4 years. He does a fantastic job and yeah. and that's something that they make sure like they want the best possible light manager Agreed. back at the booth. They want the best possible sound engineer back there and like they are just so carefully constructed everything that they do what's nice about them too is that it's intentional but without getting too flashy so a lot of times when you see bands get to this level that's when they start doing the smoke and at the end they have the confetti or like whatever and it's still just like very true to who they are yeah whereas their lights are pristine and their backdrop is beautiful but there's no frills yeah and so it kind of still is almost reminiscent of like the roots in the Philly basement scene of we're on this big stage and 
we're gonna do as perfect of a job, but we're not gonna give you bells yeah. and whistles. We're still we're still a rock band. We're gonna play a rock show, and we're and like we're gonna sweat and we're gonna cry together, and everybody's gonna have a great time. And you know, I don't know how you walked out of the PlayStation Theater last Saturday thinking that you did, you had a bad time at that show. I felt like it was so funny. Like I always I love going to live shows, and I know you guys feel this way too, just because I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a noted fan. A noted I like fan. Going to live shows. It's just the the feeling that i get from seeing music played live is completely different than anything else like being around people who love the music and want to be there and being like in front of the band performing it who is who are obviously so passionate about the music that they play is it's an incredible experience because you know you get to enjoy something they get to enjoy something and there's this entire just feel of the crowd that just brings everybody up that's also why a live music industry didn't take a hit like the record labels did um because at the end of the day people are always going to still buy live music tickets people are always going to keep going to concerts or in probably festivals even too like it's something about the experience that people have been doing for like hundreds of years at this point of going and seeing live music yeah that and if you think of too even if we're like not to do, like, a music history lesson, but the way that music has evolved, but, like, the way that people still just go to view it. Yeah. And just go to watch, and it's a form of entertainment, but that's, I think, why you didn't see the concert industry falter. Yeah. Or hit as hard when the entire music industry changed with streaming, or even when the recession hit, is that people like music. Like, it means a lot for people to go and see it. Like, there's just something about, like, going like buying a ticket to a show and being like man i hope this band really plays like this one song and then they play it and it sounds so good and you just <laughs> you just geek out like so hard and i feel like even just for us like we are not like i don't think either of us any of us would put the wonder years in their five top bands of their lifetime but like there are so many songs when they started like Thomas and I would like gave, gave each other your eye like the oh, look let's like, oh, let's go, go. yeah and, and you say that and I would agree but now when I think back I don't think I've missed a Wonder Years show in probably four years, years. yeah oh yeah and it, it like they're I've not seen one them of, double digit times easily they're not one of those bands where I'm like oh the Wonder Years are in town I need to see them but for some reason I always end up at their shows yeah. every time they're in town because I'm just like this is a good thing I should do right and now. it's always a good show uh, yeah and I always walk out of there being like I feel better yeah, yeah like <laughs> I felt money. like we 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 walked back to uh, Penn Station after the concert and we were just like. It was, we just felt so good. Yeah. It was a great night outside. You just listened to two hours of amazing music and you know you feel better because of that experience. Yeah. Also, um, we haven't mentioned it, but I thought that it was a really brave move to bring out um, Dismantling Summer and a song for Ernest Hemingway, Acoustic. Which it was they interesting. Which did yeah. wonderful renditions on Burst and Decay, but like, the, like Dismantling Summer, like it's that's a, a song yeah. that like... That's a big crowd. That's a crowd song. favorite. And they came out yeah. and they were just like, "Actually, we're playing that one tonight, but it's gonna be acoustic." And I thought that, I thought that that was like super cool of them to do, and like because like that's not gonna be forever. Like they're gonna tour a lot more, and they're like, gonna play that. Song. Most of the times that they've played, that I've seen them where they've where they've headlined after the Greatest Generation came out, like a lot of the times they've opened with Dismantling Summer. When they played at Skate and Surf, they opened with Dismantling Summer. Skate and Surf, they played it when they opened Warp Tour. They opened their set on Warp Tour with it that year. And they also, when we saw them open for Paramore, they opened yeah, with that as they well. Did. So No, they, they opened with There There that night. Oh, they did? Yep. Oh my God. 
We haven't even talked about that one. That one's like <laughs> so two and a half minutes of extreme sadness. To 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 close the loop on dismantling summer. One of my lasting memories from skate and surf 2015 is seeing the Wonder Years, watching them open up with dismantling summer, and the entire crowd oh, God, jumping yeah. in in that unison. Was... And yeah. it's just it's amazing. Um, but go back to there there for a second because I mean, as an opening track. It yeah. sets the tone for that album. It's what Cardinals does too. It just ruins you. It just like, just like wrecks you. Yeah. Now the entire dynamic of your emotions for the rest of the day have changed. Like, and I you think... cannot go back to feeling as happy as you were before you heard this song. And not to keep ripping on Rainy in Kyoto, but like, <laughs> but like, so we have we have there there. Yep. We have Cardinals, and then Came we go to a swinging. song Came where. He finds a paper crane in his pocket that's yeah. Mm, yeah. not great. Like, it's, do we see where I'm coming from? I, I, I never didn't see where you were coming from. Because, yeah. like, you know, like, they're a very dramatic band. And there is a line between dramatic and corny. Yeah. And so, like, for some people, they might just be like, oh, my gosh, it's like, it's such a dramatic line. Like, that's. Uh, but for some people, like... If you don't look at it from the perspective of, like, the Wonder Years are the band that changed my life, I can absolutely yeah. see people being like, really? Like, yeah. this is what we're singing about right so, now, guys? So, I had a so lot of problems. I get it. I had a lot of problems with the album that I now take back to my problem with the album is writing in Kyoto. <laughs> I mean... It's good that, like... It, it's like, good that it's, you went back and listened to it. Well, yes. Again. And I was going to say, it's, it's just Thanks good to have... Thanks for the pat on the back there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good that, like, you have a band that, like can make you feel like that. Like, even when you're disappointed by something, like, the fact that you're, like, that you're that invested in it, like, that means that well, this is a band that's doing and upon, something right. upon my, my listen today was starting with Pyramids of Salt, that's when I was texting you guys. I was like, I must get lonely, or you must get lonely. It must get lonely. That's I a great like, one. whoa, guys. And you're just like, yeah, we told you. We like, Looked Like Lightning is another one that I really liked. That is a, that, they played that one Yeah, live. they played that, that one live. Really, really I loved live. all the songs from the new record live. Um, yeah. Every single one that they played I thought was really, really good in a in a concert setting. And yeah. I think. I think, I think Pyramids of Salt was a great way to open. Yeah. yeah, that was, that was nuts. Really good. I would have, I wouldn't, I would have been happy if that was the opening track of the album. Like you listened to it today yeah. by skipping completely over "Rainy yeah. in Kyoto" and, and starting it with that. Completely changed the tone. And like I said, the uh, I was probably really harsh on the album to begin with because, like, when you go in there thinking that it's corny, yeah, yeah. and then it everything that they say is just like, oh, really? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, okay. Um, First impressions are tough to kick. I, I like. I totally get that. And this is completely... But the live show is what convinced me. Like, if, yeah, if Thomas exactly. was like, start from Pyramid of Salt, I would have been like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. after seeing it live, Fair. and I was like, these sound good. Yeah, I'll listen <laughs> I'll to take that. some of these. <laughs> Quick note, It Must Get Lonely features Dave McKinder, the vocalist of Fireworks. He does, like, some of the melodies. You can barely hear him. But he is credited on the album, uh, which is cool. That because, is cool. Bring back um, Fireworks. You know, well, yes, let's... <laughs> Let's, let's get that. that let's get that movement going. Yeah. Um, God, if you give us, if you if you let give us fireworks back, you can have Attila, little Attila. Tay. You can him. take little Tay too. I don't know who that is, yeah. but I know but... she's bad. <laughs> she's bad. Yeah, that's, that's she's all bad is all I know. Yeah, that's all you need to know. I'll tell you what. The Wonder Years are, and this is, I think, one of the best compliments I can give. The Wonder Years are one of the bands that I use to define my time in college. Which is, of course, you know, a really important time in my life. It was when I met, you know, the two of you and Craig. It was, you know, it was a huge moment in my life. And I can go back to certain moments in college. And when I think about those moments, I have a Wonder Years song in my head. 
And I think that that's a really important thing, and that's why they've stuck with me. That's why they will continue to stick with me. And I think that, you know, they are set up for even more success in the years to come. And I just hope that they stick around because we need them. We do, and I think The Greatest Generation is always going to be one of my favorite albums of all time. And I just love the fact that I was able to find them and identify with them and be able to enjoy their music. Cardinals is a banger. Yeah. That's, that's it. All. <laughs> that's it. Okay. Yeah, so... All right. So we're going to read five songs from one of our daily mixes. This is an incredible segment already. The daily, mix, the daily mix really does dictate genius. my day. That is a genius idea. I don't know who came up with it. I want to give him a hug. Um, bad ra- bad guys, radio. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys the first five songs for my daily mix number six. Okay. All right. One Direction, best song ever. Work From Home, Fifth Harmony featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Stay the Night, Haley Williams and Zed. Oh my god. Starving, Haley Seinfeld and Zed. Oh my god. And Die Young from Kesha. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> I was in a super poppy mood. Um, I follow the This Is One Direction playlist on Spotify. And so I think that that's it. kind of, yeah. And I got super, I can't believe there wasn't a Carly Rae Jepsen song in those top five, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been about. All right, so we just did a Wonder Your Show. This is my daily mix one. I listen to Spotify all day at work. So this is going to give you an indication of the type of music that I listen to while I work. Guernica by Brand New. Ugh. Knives by The Dangerous Summer. Okay. Kiss Me by Newfound Glory. <laughs> I am wait, wait, wait. I am Fre- okay. I am Fred Astaire by Taking Back Sunday and Right Here by The Story So Far. Oh man. I mean that's a pretty interesting roller coaster of bands roller to listen to. Like, you got some super sad ones and then like you got like Right Here. Which is oh, just I really <laughs> right here, like easily the worst time, the most poorly timed new single release ever. The story so far released right here the day Fall Out Boy <laughs> announced they were coming back from hiatus, and I was like, "Why on earth am I going to listen to this song when I can listen when I can watch the My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark video for the nineteenth time?" But uh, but going, that song is great. going off the story so far point. We had like a twenty minute discussion oh about two weekends ago just about what you don't see. And so I listened to it three times the next there week. There was like, there was such a potential for for the story so far to maybe get to like a like a diet Wonder Years level yeah. when what you don't see came out because the whole first album under Soylent Dirt is about we broke up and I'm mad at you because I think it's your fault. And Try then, it hard. And there was so <laughs> many moments of what you don't see where I was like, this is really good songwriting because a lot of what you don't see is like, hey, like. We broke up and I was mad at you and now I'm kind of starting to see that I was part of the problem. And then the friggin' self-titled album <laughs> is all just going back to we broke up and I'm mad about it because now we don't talk anymore. And I was just like, come on! Like, oh my god. Quick, quick note about... Are the stories so far capable of writing a love song? No. Okay. Um, no, they're not. They're just angry. Quick, they're too okay. angry to quick, be in love. One last hard, note before we get to Maddie's daily mix. Um, going back to Skate and Surf 2015, we saw the story so far who played at a smaller <laughs> stage than the Wonder Years. Um, and <laughs> at the end of every single song, not even an exaggeration, Parker said, fuck yeah, thanks. That's it. That's all he said and would go into the next song. <laughs> and then, well, they did give a quick update because the barrier the fans were so rowdy that the barrier moved towards the stage and part of it, like they, I think there was like a piece that broke and they had to yeah. wait to fix it. But that was, yeah. I mean, and he had his hood up the entire show. He was clearly, like, very baked and just saying, fuck yeah, thanks, after every song. It was awesome. Suppy. Yeah. And now that's, like, one of our major inside jokes. <laughs> what What do you got for your daily mix, Matt? Uh, I'll give you guys my daily mix, too. Okay. Uh, and so this is mostly 
I guess like pop rock is the way to do it. Nice. Um, We're I gonna got... hear a Mayday Parade song here. No, no, this is more like uh, like alt pop rock. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So number one is Drive by Glades. Uh, two, I spend too much time in my room by the band Camino. I've heard really good things about them. Uh, Diet 1975. Yes. That's yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've heard of them. Where this was side note on the band Camino when I brought them to to our group chat. Being like, hey, do we know who the band Camino is? Uh, they're at the Diet 1975. And Craig had sent me something from our website of him, yeah. of his like top 50 songs of, I guess it was 2017. And, you know, whatever number the band Camino was on there. And he's like, if you like the 1975 yep. was the way it started. And I was like, all right, Craig, you're right. Okay. Yep, we got it. Um, Nailed it. <laughs> Restless Soul by Floor. Uh, tongue- L-O-R, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. All lowercase. Stylist. Of course. Like, uh, tongue tied by Group Love. Yes. Whoa. And, and whoa, that is a throwback. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. we're we're going around, and then Pools to Bathe in by the Japanese House. I don't know most of those bands. Uh, I don't know who the Japanese House is, but apparently but I, I do. will have to check them out. Well, that's um, one of the ones they're like, oh, you listen to all of these all bands? of these guys. Like, um, I would start. Like I would start with Glades. Very good. The band Camino is like most songs that you hear, you'll think it's like an early song from the 1975. It's weird, too, because their name is The Band Camino. Yeah, so like it's the like band's the band's name is The, the band, band Camino. Camino. Um, Not that it's, like, a bad thing. I'm, just, a, I'm you know, honestly, I feel It's like an interesting twist. It could have been one of those things, and I'm totally spitballing here, so sorry if I'm wrong, but they were, they called themselves Camino, and they found out there's there another band, a band called Camino, Camino yeah. so they had to become The Band Camino. Interesting. Yeah. Not sure I'm I'm making it up, but maybe. I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to tell us, like, you know, what their favorite Black Keys album is. True. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking The favorite you got... Black Keys album is Brothers. There's no other right answer. <laughs> is is there? Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Yep. I'm sorry. I don't have much to say about the Black Keys, to be completely honest. I only like Brothers. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Good to know. Uh, uh, Brothers has a great album artwork. It does. Okay. Um, and the I... disc And the disc changes color when you heat it up. Hey, Tom, what's your recommendation for this week? My recommendation for this week is New Light by John Mayer. just released a new song yesterday. Go check it out. John Mayer. What a guy. Um, I think that the career transformation that John Mayer has undergone in the last five years should be a case study for public relations. Yeah. I survived my Taylor Swift relationship. Maybe we should just all go back to college to study John Mayer. I survived, I survived like five public tumultuous relationships yeah. with different celebrities and came out on the other side a meme lord. That's literally what John Mayer with is an now. amazing sleeve tattoo. Who can play guitar probably better than anybody yeah. living. Better than anybody like who hasn't seen him live knows about. And he's also playing with the Dead & Company this summer and they're touring to they're doing another stadium tour so well, that's right. pretty cool sold right. um i'm gonna go avengers infinity war i've i've seen it a lot it, it actually like they actually can you tell everyone how much you've seen it i've seen it so i've saw it three times within the first eight days that it was released i saw it the opening thursday night um i went and saw it again that saturday and then i went again uh the next friday so in the first eight days it was out i saw it three times I didn't see it this week, which is like now I'm kind of very uneasy. sad. But uh, but no, I mean the payoff was amazing, and just to kind of give one musically, I also saw Under Oath the day after we all saw um, the day after we all saw the Wonder Years, and I was blown away by Dance Gavin Dance. Yeah, like, their album still Mothership, so which came out two years ago. Uh. Their album, like I I like sometimes I just get Dance Gavin Dance fatigue because they put out like eight albums in yeah. the last ten years. 
which is insane to me. But like they are, they really hit their stride with Tillian Pearson, and they've got a new Strawberry album. Strawberry Swisher Part Two is that it? That's that was on Happiness. Yeah, but that song it's is a great still. Song. Yeah, I still every so often will get that song stuck yeah, in my um, head. Tillian Pearson knocks yeah. knocks it out. Of the if room. I had to pick a song for, in particular from that album, I'm gonna go Betrayed by the Game. Fair. Um, but they have so many great song titles, and the artificial artificial selection comes out on June 9th. All of a sudden, I am really looking forward to that album. Nice. It's great. Uh, my recommendation is Maps and Atlases is putting out a new album. Oh my god. Yeah, called the uh, ultimate circus survive opener. Yeah, called Lightlessness is a new nothing is nothing new. Lightlessness wow. is nothing. That's new. a good name. Uh, so they put out two Art. singles. The first uh, back in April called Four Dash Twenty Five or Four Twenty Five, however you say it. Um, and then they put out a new one yesterday called Ringing the Bell, uh, or sorry, Ringing Bell. Uh, both are just like for Maps and Atlases fans. It's not gonna. It's not a deviation from what you're used to and what you love about the band. So it's just like great, More like maps and atlas. Great content. Yep. Great okay. content for their brand. Good. That's what I like <laughs> to and like, hear. It's funny because like we talk about the Wonder Years and we we applaud them for like making albums that are different. But like for a band like Maps and Atlases, like if they keep making like the same sounding albums. That's not a problem at They're, all. In in my book, and granted, I, I don't know like a ton about math rock, but yeah. they to me they are the best of what they do. Sure. Um, and so it doesn't. And you, if you listen to the their discography through, you hear kind of the variation in sound and how they grow. But yeah. at the end of the day, like the genre has a very specific sound. Um, yeah. and so these two singles have both been true to form. Um, a real treat because it's been a while since they put out an album yeah. and just made me hype for, for new music from Apps and Atlases. Nice. All right. I think, I think that's about it. it. Yeah, that's yeah. it, right? Yeah. yeah. I think we got through it. We got nothing. I got nothing else. It's great to be back. It is. Um, thank you to everybody who decided to listen, whether you knew us when we were on the TSR airwaves, whether you're just finding out about us now. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, this is something that you can expect pretty often. You know, when uh when when the inspiration strikes, which may conveniently be We're gonna try to make week. Yeah. Um, but uh but if yeah. I have anything to say about it. But yeah, um, let us know on Twitter and stuff. We're on we're on Twitter. Uh, I'm at why so serious. You guys should share your at Thomas Moore underscore five. That's two O's and more. And I'm at Madison underscore NJ. Both on Instagram and Twitter, because I'm gonna plug that too. Yeah, Instagram's cool. S- slide you in the DMs if, if you want to argue. I will. I will. I will take yeah, your best yeah, takes. Yeah, feel free to add us about the Wonder Years, because I'm sure you know some of, some of what we said, some of what all three of us said, I think is gonna be like. Fight me about raining in Kyoto. Earth. I dare yeah, you. I have I, mean, I have one last take okay. before we go. One last hot take to edit right. Tom Moore. Hey, thanks is bad. Ah, okay. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>